The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining me, as always, as co-host is Fishing Rick. Hey, how you going, mate? Good, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Enjoying the nice uh, late spring evening, watching the sheep walk around. Can't ask for any more, anything more than that. That's the way. And back on the podcast as guest, we've got Il Scorcho. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on again. Anytime, buddy. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> no worries. How All right, well, let's... Uh, Let's get straight into it and talk about the fixture. The fixture was released last week for 2015. Uh, certainly not for the faint of heart. It's probably our toughest draw ever. Um, but I think it's a fantastic draw for both uh, the supporters and also commercially for Port Adelaide. Absolutely. I think so. I, that's the first thought I had um, looking through the fixture. I really liked the amount of um, Fox to a free-to-air prime-time games that we had, especially the free-to-air. I think it's nine in total, isn't it, for this uh, for this season coming up? Yep, that's correct. I mean, yeah, which, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing was almost unheard of a couple of years ago to have nine games on free-to-air. Uh, most most people around the country wouldn't have even known who we were at that stage. Yeah. So I think even this year we stuff. only had four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's a credit. I think it's a credit to... Um, multiple participants at our club that we've got uh, that many uh, free-to-air games. I, th- I think there's a bit of, uh, uh, or a lot of kudos has to go to the players for now getting reward for their hard work. And there was the tweet from Ollie Wines where he uh, hashtag national exposure. So he's obviously excited. So, uh, you know, the players can see the uh, the fruit for their for their hard work, which I think is fantastic. And, and obviously the administration of the club that have, have just ground out um, again, the hard work for the last couple of years to get us to where we are now, and uh, and everyone gets to reap those rewards. That's right. It, uh, as I said, it is a very tough draw. We've got double ups against Fremantle, Sydney, Hawthorne, and then uh, Western Bulldogs and the Crows, obviously as well. Um, we play Hawthorne, Geelong, Collingwood, and Sydney under lights at Adelaide Oval, which is fantastic. You would expect fifty thousand crowds for all of those four games. Yeah. Uh, but it's the big start to the year, which is going to really sort of either set us up or, or put us a little bit behind the eight ball, I think. Um, we've got five massive games to start with. We play Frio, Sydney, North Melbourne, Hawthorne and the Crows in the first five games. So that's a semi-finalist, grand finalist, prelim finalist, premier, and then the showdown in the first five games. Yeah, look, that's right. Uh, I mean, it couldn't really be harder, but, um, you know, I mean, I guess we've got to go into these games now expecting to win them. Um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, you know, a bit of an easy start to get us a bit of confidence up would have been a good thing. But uh, going into round one this year, we should be probably the most confident side in the league, um, knowing that we can match it with these sides. And, you know, there's Fremantle at Patterson Stadium. There's no worry to us anymore um, after that second half in the in the semifinal. Uh, so if we can start with a bang, um, we can really put our mark on on the season and if we can get maybe you know four wins from that five uh, that block of five we set ourselves up for a really good season and hopefully a, a top two spot well, what do you guys great. what do you what do you guys think of the um, the one mcg game and also the um, that run of four sunday afternoon time slots uh well i mean i'd like to play on the mcg more but i, I kind of understand why we don't um yeah, I don't think that's ever going to get better. Um, you know, obviously they've shown this year that uh, they want us on TV. They want us in, you know, national exposure Friday and Thursday night games. We've got plenty of those, but they're still not getting us on the MCG because they'd rather give it to, um, you know, Carlton and Richmond or, you know, two two Victorian sides where they think they can get a bigger crowd. Um, I don't think that's ever going to get better for us. I'm, not, I'm really not sure what we have to do. Uh, when we were really terrible, we were getting one game. Now we're one of the most exciting teams in the league. Still just one game on the MCG, hopefully two by the end of the season. But, um, yeah, I, I think we just got to kind of accept that. I think the most important thing is we don't have to play at bloody Cadinia Park again. Yeah. Yes. How good is that? that? That's good. Yeah. The Sunday night, uh, the four Sunday games in a row doesn't really bother me too much. Um, I think that's probably a good thing in terms of uh, sort of no short turnarounds um, between rounds uh, for those games. We talk about the tough start, but it does really open up after those first 
five games. We should really be winning the next seven. Then we've got a bit of a tough run against Sydney, Collingwood, uh, and the Crows again before another little bit of an easy run. Um, and then a pretty tough th uh, final three games um, as well with Hawthorne, Gold Coast, and Frio. Yeah, that's right. It'll be tough to uh, kind of interesting to see where Gold Coast are and even uh, Frio and Hawthorne, I guess. You know, um, 20 weeks is a long time in footy and, and anything could have happened to those teams, but you'd expect them all to be pretty good again. Uh, Frio, if they can avoid injuries, uh, will be at least as strong as they were this year, I think. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll just depend on where we are and where they are, and it's, it's, so, it's so tough to know that far away. Yeah. I think as a draw where if we're good enough, we should be sitting pretty. I think um, at the end of the year, we should be um, definitely on the verge of top four again. Absolutely. I think, I think so too. And I think if we can start well, if we get five or, five or six wins out of the first eight games, I think that's going to platform us uh, for the rest of the year. If we're competitive and just fall short and, you know, we're three or four out of eight, I think um, that still gives us a, a good position to, to still push for top four, but show that we still need a bit of work uh, to get to where we want to go. Yeah, if we get if we get off to a good start, if we do, if, you know, if we can, um, if we can get a few wins in that first uh, first few games, and then you know win the next seven, and we're we're looking at maybe you know eight and eight and three or something like that after eleven, I, I'd really want us to push on and hopefully get that like a top two spot. Uh, you know, we were we kind of just stuffed our way out of it with a, with a few bad games this year, and um, you know. Uh, a top two spots, what what we want, you know, we can play two home finals at uh, Adelaide Oval. We're going to be anyone there, I think, uh, at that time of the year. So, so that's going to be what we're aiming for. And you know, uh, this year, th there's no acceptable losses, I guess. Uh, every game should be a win. Well, look, let's uh, let's go on to our player reviews uh, for 2014. So the last week we're doing these. Uh, the first player we're going to talk about tonight is Jay Schultz. Um, a fantastic year. He's 29 years old. He's played 167 games. Played every game this year. 25 games for 12 disposals, 6 marks. Also kicked 66 goals and finished 6th in the best and fairest. Had his best ever goals, marks and goal assists uh, for a season this year. What a player he was in uh, 2014. He was huge. He uh, he was at his all flying and hard working best, I thought he he uh, he kept working hard and showing the um, leadership material that he actually has. And for me, it was his defensive pressure more than the spectacular that I really appreciated from Jay and, and putting his body on the line. And I mean, I, I swear he must have had uh, some severe shoulder trouble as the year went on, but he just persevered and, uh, and just stuck fat. And uh, yeah, he was a great full forward for us once again. Yeah, uh, there seemed to be a, a few times where he went down on his shoulder and you thought, oh, no, that's going to be it. And then uh, he was back out on the ground uh, less than a quarter later. So that was always really, really good to see. And he's, he's such a warrior uh, in, in the way he deals with his body because he, he just throws every his body into everything and, and takes big hits and always keeps coming. Um, probably the first two-thirds of the year, probably before our slump around the, uh, the time of the Collingwood Nesson games, uh, he, I think he was leading the Coleman and he was just dominating. Um, he, he's probably spent the last four or five years turning bad kicks into good kicks with his marking ability on the lead. And this year we're actually delivering it to him uh, in a reasonable way and he really, really shone, which was really good to see. Um, so, such a warrior and a, and a hard worker for our club. It was really good to see him uh, probably finally get the, the rewards for all his hard work. Absolutely. He had some of his uh, biggest ever games. He kicked eight goals against the Bulldogs. He kicked seven against Brisbane. Also kicked six against GWS and Frio. Um, he only went goalless once uh, during the year, which was against Sydney, where he kicked uh, three behinds. Um, he was just fantastic and very, very consistent all year. Um, I guess he did probably slow down um, as we had that slump, as you said. But I thought his final series, even though he didn't get um, a lot of goals, I thought his final series was pretty good. Well, where can he go better? For next year, uh, I'd probably say in just in the support. I think uh, as we started to kind of uh, get figured out, as I as I felt, where teams were just putting two loose men behind the ball, and you know he, he's more of a mark on the lead. He, he can't do a lot of 
against the high ball, against tall defenders, unless he, he takes a big specky, I think. That's probably not his style uh, to kind of wrestle with the line of the ball. And uh, teams were basically sitting two players back and then just pressuring our ball movement. And uh, I think that's probably where he fell down. So I think I don't think he needs to be any better in himself. I think he played fantastically. I just think we need to make sure our ball movement is a bit more consistent. Having Ryder up there will make a big difference because it, we do then have someone who who uh, who can you know compete for the high ball, and uh, it just will make us a lot more multi-dimensional, which uh, which should help Schultz um, be a lot more. I mean, if he can be more effective, be even more effective than he has been. So hopefully, hopefully. I do agree with that. I think um, Ryder's going to really open up Schultz. I don't think he's going to score more goals uh, maybe next year, but I think he'll get a lot more marks closer to goal and within uh, sort of effective goal-scoring range. I think he was probably screwed over a little bit this year with the fact that um, you know we, we didn't have that second Ruckman that could um, give a bit of a chop out for Lobie. Therefore, we were having to constantly throw West off further up the field, and especially during those slump uh, that slump period where it was pretty much Schultz the lone tall forward up there by himself for most of those games. Yeah, look, that's right. And and it wasn't working and we were probably, you know, uh, we were kind of able to outclass opponents a little bit to stay in games, but you could just see that uh, tactically it wasn't it wasn't happening for us and teams had gone, you know, the, the teams had kind of figured out they could let us have the ball in the back half and, uh, and just wait for the ball to kick behind play with a couple of players. Um, and it took us a while to kind of... Uh, I mean, that was probably why it was a bit wet as well, so we weren't kind of be able, to, able to play our fast running game. And once it dried out a little bit into September, we, we picked up again and we were probably a bit too quick for teams. But um, it'd be interesting to see how we handle that this year, whether whether we do something different or whether um, whether we just you know back ourselves in and, and go the same and hope it works this time. I think they're good observations because I th- you, you could also notice there was a few times during the year where we were a bit critical that there was a lack of leading from our Fords and Jay Schultz and, and that was probably part of this, um, the symptoms of uh, poor ball movement and lack of ball flow, quick movement into the forward line and he sort of suffered from that. So if we can keep that up for the whole year this year, I think that's definitely going to help him. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, the next player is someone that uh, we might see debut next year and help out Jay Schultz a bit, which is Mason Shaw, 20-year-old. Pittard. Jasper Pittard, <laughs> the key forward, the superstar yeah. key forward. Yeah, I'd like to that. see that. <laughs> Mason Shaw, he's 20 years old, second season, uh, played 14 games um, at SANFL level for 11 disposal, 6 marks, and also kicked 26 goals. He had a broken wrist to start the season and was on the long-term injury list for a little while there. Um, but once he came back, um, he really started to develop pretty well, I thought. Yeah, he's got quite a natural forward game, uh, I think. Uh, he, he just he marks well and he kicks really well, which I guess was the big criticism of uh, of his, uh, his his colleague up there, Butcher. Um, he just seems to move really naturally as a forward. Probably what he'd need to work on would be his, his I guess, the defensive side. But, you know, you'd expect that would come with the, with the coaching, with the preseason, uh, working with, with Hinckley, working with the Fords coaches, working with Burgess. Uh, that'll just naturally develop a being part of the group, uh, given what this group expects. So, I mean, you like to see those kind of natural forward abilities, and, and it'd be really interesting to see how he goes this year uh, at SNFL level. And if he, uh, if he is good enough to, to get an AFL game, uh, how he goes there as well. Took him a couple of weeks to get going again once he came back, but after that he had a really good run of form mid-season where he kicked six goals and followed that up with two games where he kicked three goals as well, and you know almost deserved a spot in the AFL team. Well, yeah, I mean I, I'm one as most people would know that have been calling for another tall to come in all year. Obviously, at the time I was calling for uh, for Butcher because Shaw had been injured, but um, you know I think we could all tell that. Our kind of our ball movement was stagnant, and we weren't really able to move the ball, and and we needed another marking target up there. Uh, so I would have really liked to see him come in, but clearly uh, the coaches were happy with the way they were going. And you know, given the season we had, that's fair enough, I guess. But you know, I'd hope this year with with Ryder in there, if we do lose at all, we we're happy enough to replace him and was, give someone like Shaw a go. He seemed to be a bit of a victim this year, where the coaching staff didn't want to expose him too early to AFL level and they, they obviously thought that he wasn't completely ready and uh, even though he showed signs of uh, improvement he probably didn't show enough to really warrant 
a uh, an AFL call up. So I mean, the, the thing we'd be looking for for his improvement is more influence in the games throughout the year uh, in 2015 to really push hard to uh, get his spot in the side, which is going to be a bit more difficult with Ryder coming into the side as well. Yeah, I think as we said, uh, defensive efforts is something that he needs to improve his competitiveness. Um, and staying in the game for longer periods of time, I think, um, is something that he needs to improve. And I think that'll come with uh, with another pre-season to improve his tank. If he can stay fit through the pre-season this time, I think that'll do him wonders. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic mark, especially a contested mark. And he's also a, a really nice kick for goal. Um, just super straight. Um, I guess the big question is, where does he fit in for 2015? Because he, there's no doubt he's going to be behind Schultz, Westhoff and Ryder to start with. Well, I think that's exactly where he is. He'd be hopefully next in line. And I think that was probably, as I said, a lot of the criticism last year was was uh, we were lacking that tall forward because, um, you know, Trengover and Carl had gone down and Westhoff had to help out down back. And we just didn't pick anyone to replace them. Um, so I, I'd hope this year he – I mean, he's going to be our – uh, one of our two, uh, I guess, SNFL key forwards. I'd hope that if we do lose one of those guys to injuries, and, you know, probably last year was a strange year where Schultz and Westhoff played every game, I think, didn't they? So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that doesn't happen very often. Usually one of those guys will, will miss a few games, especially uh, especially Schultz, I guess, he'll, you know, where he'll just, you know, get kneaded in the kidneys in the pack or something like that and, and miss, a, miss a game. So I just hope that uh, he, he plays well at SNFL level. And uh, if... If we do lose a, a key forward at AFL level, he's given an opportunity. I guess the question is, if he does struggle to, to get games, if Schultz and Westhoff stay fit again and, and Ryder becomes uh, the player that we want him to be, um, do we risk losing him for 2016? Sure. Yeah. Could be a possibility. I mean, he might be wanting to seek further opportunities. I guess it depends how clear the uh, the coaches are with in relation to succession, succession planning from Jay Schultz because yeah, you'd think he might be uh, getting close or nearing the end uh, with his body so um, you, we would hate to lose him because he's probably going to be our next in line key forward and you know, mm. there'll be four years of development that we'll miss out on yeah, I mean, I guess you almost hope if, if Schultz is going to get injured, he, he gets injured in that kind of, uh, you know, Richmond, Melbourne, Bulldogs kind of uh, round eight, nine and ten type type go, you know. And, and that, as, as we say, that will give um, that will give Shaw a go, hopefully. Um, but look, I mean, ultimately, it's a bit like uh, Newton where a good side like us where we're, you know, we're quite strong all the way through and we've got guys who are beating down the door and not able to get into the side. We're going to lose some of them and good sides do. Um, you look at Hawthorne with guys like Kennedy and McGlynn. Uh, and there's plenty of other examples of top sides uh, who have lost players because they're not happy with the opportunity they're getting. Yeah. Um, and those those players have gone on to have really good careers, which is great for them. Uh, but it's not, I mean, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but, you know, you, you just manage, I guess. Um, I guess we get, we've got to push as hard as we can for the, the flags in the next couple of years. And if, if Shaw's a casualty of that, but we win the flag this year, I, I would, you know, I'd probably take that as, as, you know, as interesting as that is, I guess. Yep. No, that's a fair call. I think that's a fair call. Next mm. player on the list is uh, Lewis Stevenson, 25 years old, uh, played 19 AFL games, uh, was delisted at the end of the season um, after nine games for Port Adelaide last year. Didn't play any this year. Played 13 SA NFL games with uh, 17 disposals and five marks a game. He was another that was on the long-term injury list, uh, this time with a toe injury. Um, missed a few months of footy there. Uh, but he had a really good final series, a big final series, and... I guess uh, in the end he was always going to be a little bit expendable um, with the progression of Pittard and uh, and the impact of Impey. It's a downside to AFL football, isn't it? You uh, yeah, you have to lose people that have made a commitment to the footy club that you support, and you know he gave it a go, and uh, you can't hold that against him. And he probably uh, yeah, I think you're right. He's just sort of been a little bit phased out by natural player development that have sort of pushed past him now. Yeah, he just seemed to be one of those guys where at AFL level he was solid without being spectacular and then, uh, you know, going down to SNFL level, obviously having some injuries as well. He was a bit the same. He was he was solid without ever really being in contention for a, for a spot. But I guess probably halfback is one of our, our stronger positions with guys like, you know, uh, Impey and, and Broadbent and Pittard uh, and, and guys rotating through there. So he just I guess he just never really kind of uh, beat the door down. 
through injury and, and form, you know, it's, it's disappointing to lose a guy like that because obviously it was good to have him over when we did. But um, I don't think his, his loss is going to have too much of a, an impact on our team no. from a team perspective. No, uh, he was always going to be depth um, this year, I think. And um, unfortunately for him, he didn't end up playing a game. I think our, uh, our small defenders were, were pretty rock solid all year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And he, he, he just seemed to lose a bit of impact uh, with his defence. He seemed to lose the body and didn't seem to be able to handle that one-on-one too well at AFL level. Yep. No, that's right. Uh, next player is Paul Stewart, 27 years old, 81 games. Played just the four games in 2014 for 10 disposals a game. Finished 29th in the best and fairest. Uh, played 14 games at SANFL level. Had a massive season um, at, at the uh, state league level for 21 disposals, 6 marks and a goal a game. Um, as I said, huge SANFL form, but really sort of struggled with his four AFL games this year. Yeah. And got a two-year contract, boys. And got a two-year contract, uh, something that we've spoken about a little bit on the uh, on the podcast, and obviously it was a pretty contentious point on the uh, on the forums as well. But I think on the surface it, it seemed a little bit excessive, but um, I think with the uh, retirement of Cassisi and the delisting of Heath, Stevenson and, uh, and Logan... Um, I think it makes sense to have that sort of defensive backup now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really have a problem, I guess, with the two-year contract. Um, he's kind of a, a little bit of an in-betweener, where where he's just way too good for us NFL level. But um, uh, I guess he probably struggles at AFL level, maybe because he's been moved around a bit too much. You know, what what really is his best position? You know, he can play pretty much anywhere on the ground, and and has played pretty much anywhere on the ground. But um, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, if he just maybe stuck in that defensive, I think he started as a defender. If he'd stuck in that role, maybe he'd be a really good, uh, really good kind of third tall type defender. Uh, you know, able to run the ball out. Maybe if he'd stayed as a forward. But I mean, I guess it's just good to have uh, experience cover in in every position. You know, and he's obviously very popular amongst the, uh, you know, the, the leadership group guys as well. He's good mates with Boke and Gray and and those kind of guys. So you know, it's good to have someone like that around the club who's obviously very popular, can fill a role if he has to, and, and if he doesn't have to, can dominate at SNFL level. I think you're on the money there. I think he has been a victim of his own versatility. and But in at the same time, that's probably kept him on the list because if, if you think of Heath, Stevenson, Cassisi, all those boys that are gone, he's probably got the most uh, versatility out of all those boys in relation to being able to run through the midfield, play forward or or play back. So he's, he is probably the perfect stopgap uh, player to keep on the list. Yeah, he's yeah. the perfect plug-and-play depth player. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Feels like he's probably played a bit more than 81 games as well. I was a bit surprised yeah. at that. It seems like he's been around for a long time, but I guess he's had a lot of uh, a lot of time where he hasn't been in the side. Um, yeah, just, just through, uh, you know, as we say, his versatility and, and I guess more natural players in the positions he would play. But um, I, I definitely think he'll get some games this year. I'd be very surprised to see him, him not get a game. So hopefully he does well. No doubt. I think he'll start as probably an emergency round one. You know, he'll, he'll always be that sort of 20th to 25th player where he's either just in or just out of the side. Yeah. All right, next player is uh, Jackson Trengove, one of our friends of the podcast here. He's 23 years old, still only 23. Uh, played 98 games, played 20 games at AFL level this year for 13 and a half disposals a game. Uh, three marks and finished 18th in the best and fairest, which seems a bit low um, to me. Um, I thought he had a fantastic year at centre-half back. Definitely his best season um, at AFL level, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say maybe missing the the bunch of games in the middle of the year uh, may have cost him a little bit of a, a best and fairest uh, spot. But I think probably this year he, he's gone from almost a, a key defender to almost like the uh, the defensive version of Westhoff, where he yep. just uh, he can just come in and compete wherever wherever he's put, um, and he's just so competitive. Um, you know, he's he goes into the ruck and wins games. You know, just through his own I guess sheer willpower. Um, he's just really good to have all over the ground. So um, hopefully he can stay fit. I guess that's been the, the big deal with the last couple of years. If, if we get 25 games out of him, um, we'll go a long way to winning the flag. Yeah, I loved his season too. I think that's a bit rough being 18th and the best and fairest. Uh, but I'm a bit of a, a sucker for the guys that have got a, um, a great work ethic and a competitive, competitive spirit. Uh, yeah, and he's got that in... Uh, in bountiful possessions, and he, not only that, he talks well, he could quite easily be 
a leader or the leader of our club in the future. I, I love his loyalty as well. Um, you know, getting in early and just committing to the club and signing on. He, you know, no contract uh, uh, saga with him. And, you know, he definitely is uh, involved and has embraced the Port Adelaide culture. And he uh, he reminds me of uh, a Port Adelaide player through the 70s, 80s and 90s with his, uh, his loyalty and how he uh, wants to be at the club. Yeah, that's right. And I, th- I think probably, um, as we were saying before, um, and, and as people mentioned a lot on the forums, I think our record with, with him not playing over the past few years is, is ridiculously bad compared to our record with him playing. So it's, uh, you know, it just shows how important he is. Um, whatever role he's playing, he just seems to be the kind of player who just wheels us over the line. So, yeah, hopefully he can stay fit. The last few years, we've really struggled to win a game when he's been out of the side, which is uh, unfortunate. I do agree with his uh, with his leadership. I think uh, he's got definite captaincy material um, in him. Um, he influences matches arguably unlike any other in our team. And obviously, one of the most influential matches this season um, from an individual point of view was his last quarter against Fremantle, where he just tore Sanderlands a new one. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's got like a basketball-type leap, leap, doesn't he? Just, uh, you know, for him to kind of dominate like that. And it's not the first time he's come in in the last quarter and just dominated a good Ruckman, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's really good to see. And, you know, Ruckman must be a bit, you know, afraid of him. Just, uh, you know, they're, they're probably tired by the end of the game and they've got this guy just running and jumping on their heads, you know? Like, it's it's almost Nat Nui-like how he can, how he can dominate the Ruck. Uh, at that level of the game. So, you know, just, just super important to the way we play. Um, it'd be nice to have another one of him, to be honest, but just hopefully we can well, keep this one. We've got you. one now. You pretty much do, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. Patty. laughs> uh, he posted a pic not long ago about uh, Paddy Ryder jumping on top of his head, and he was like, thank God, I won't have to put up with this anymore. <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd probably go with the argument he's a poor man, Paddy, Paddy Ryder, when it comes to uh, the leap category. So, uh He'll be quite happy with that. But I think the word I was looking for before was he bleeds for the jumper. Uh, and yeah. I think we're very lucky. We've got a lot of players now that want to bleed for that jumper. Yep. Yeah. He is Port Adelaide through and through. He is. Next player on the list, Justin Westhoff. Uh, 28 years old, has played 159 games. He was another that played every game this year. 25 games, averaged 18 disposals, 7 marks, and just over a goal a game. Finished fourth in the best and fairest. He pretty much played as a, a bit of a quasi-wingman all year. Um, I thought this was his best season at AFL level. Certainly his most cons- uh, most consistent. Yeah, I agree. Um, just can't really be matched up on when he um, when he does play that wingman role and, and hopefully with um, with you know, our players, fingers crossed, staying fit and rider in, he'll be able to play that role basically full-time. And it's just a nightmare for opposition coaches to, to try and deal with that kind of player. Because he's just he's run he's you know one of the best runners at our club, um, one of the best overhead marks in the league, uh, and just a very very clever player who can read the play really well. If we can keep him in that wingman you know free roaming role, um, he'll just be a devastating player and will challenge for all Australian. I think. Here's one for you. Do you think he could get to 250 games for the club? Where is he at the moment? What, what, what did you say? So he'd, he'd have to play for at least another four years and hope that we make finals and he plays every game. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't... I, I don't think he has a lot of injury issues. He doesn't really... I mean, he's a, he's a good runner, but he doesn't really rely on pace or anything like that. There's, there's no reason why, uh, as he gets a bit older, we couldn't just, you know, maybe park him down... Uh, as a key forward, you know, his versatility might mean that he can uh, he can get a few more seasons out of himself. So I'd like to think so, yeah. He's only missed one game in the last three years. So I think um, he's certainly at his physical peak at the moment. Yeah. He's taken a while to come on, hasn't he? But uh, now that he's come on, he's, uh, he's definitely uh, showing why uh, Mark Williams in the beginning beginning persisted with him and I agree with you Macker I thought this year was his best year as well and he uh, he was more a lot more consistent throughout the year with the games and uh, you know I was a big knocker of his uh, of his effort but since Ken Hinckley's come into the uh, into the leadership role he 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 doesn't seem to have those uh, woeful second efforts now he's always busting his gut and uh, and I love the fact that he could just run up high onto the wings and uh, he's almost uh, unmatchable when he's uh, playing that swingman position. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing that uh, I was critical of um, of him this year was his goal kicking at pressure points yeah. of games, which really let him down, especially through our slump patch. Um, I thought he missed a, a couple of really crucial goals um, at, at critical points of games, which, which did cost us a little bit. But, you know, in, in terms of his effort, I think no one can really question the fact that he puts in 100% every game. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And I think it's been probably a few years now where he's he's just struggled with those, you know, clutch goals. Uh, obviously, everyone remembers the Gold Coast there, like, for their first win. Um, but there's been a few other examples where we've just really needed a goal and he's had a set shot from, you know, 35 minutes out in a, a slight angle and missed it. Um, he, if he can, you know, whatever, whatever he needs to do to start kicking them, if he can kick them, he'll just make him so much more damaging. So... Yeah, look, I, I think he'll be at least as good this year as last, especially with uh, hopefully a little bit more freedom in his role. And, um, yeah, uh, it should be a really big year for him. How many goals did he kick this year? 29. He should be able to get to – he should get close to 40 with Ryder and support, you'd imagine. You would yeah. hope so, yeah. Well, depending on his role, we might see Ryder play closer to goal and, and Westhoff um, have that ability to, to roam the field now without um, sort of robbing Peter to pay Polt up forward. Mm. I've, I just have this dream of just having Loby sort of just sit defensive side of centre and just have you have your centre Rutman, your your defensive Rutman and your your forward Rutman and you you sort of got Ryder now that should be able to ruck in the in that forward half and you could have Loby uh, rucking in the the defensive half which allows Westy to to play that role. Uh, perfectly. You'd hope that we're not seeing Westhoff in Ruck at all in 2015. No, you would hope not. You would hope, yeah, that's right. Yep. Next player, Matty White, uh, first year at Port Adelaide, 27 years old, played 127 games, played 22 AFL games this year for 13 disposals, um, a goal, and four inside 50s a game, finished 16th in the best and fairest. I thought he pretty much fit into the group like a, a glove this year. You know, he just fit in from the, the first round, um, was made sub in round two, um, obviously he came over to get away from being the sub, but he kicked a couple of goals and, and wasn't seen as the sub again for the rest of the year. His um, his influence in games was more than than what those stats say to me. He uh, was definitely a more influential player than a, a 13 disposal a game player. And uh, I know I was a bit circumspect on the uh, on the recruiting of him in the beginning, but he won me over. I loved his explosive pace, and I tell you what, for a guy that can run full bore, he's got a good goal sense and ability to still kick a goal at full sprint, which isn't easy. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree on the recruiting. I think we we obviously went after him, uh, and it was a bit of. I think most sports supporters thought it was a bit odd that just a bit of a nothing player to, to go after, but we you know we deliberately targeted him, and he slotted in so well. Um, just provided that outside run that we needed for our game plan. Um, as as uh, as you said, Rick uh, just had a great goal sense, even uh, with someone on his hammer running, you know, f- uh, full pace. So uh, just just so dangerous with his goal sense and with his speed. Um, you know, not not a kind of a, a core a core player, but as a bit of a you know an outside dangerous player who can just pop up and uh, and really uh, really do some damage. Just brilliant, and it's really really credit to our uh, our recruiting team for for going and getting him and and slotting him into that role. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no doubt. I think I'm not talking out of line when I say he's a bit of a receiver in that. You know, we recruited him to be that real fast running outside link player that we could rely on to do a job. Um, to kick some goals, to provide that pace, which we sorely lacked in 2013. And he did that remarkably well this year. As, as you said, Rick, his stats this year don't tell the whole story. He kicked some of the best goals I've ever seen in uh, in 2014. Um, obviously, the goal of the year against Richmond, but he kicked some absolute crackers against the Crows. I reckon three of his goals against the Crows were outstanding. Um, kicked an absolute ripper early against Geelong, kicked a great goal against Frio, and and kicked one of the best uh, goals in that um, uh, that semi-final against Frio as well. What about his goal yeah. of the year? Well, that was just remarkable. Yeah. it's. Uh, I don't think people kind of understand how, how tough that is to do unless you've played footy. Uh, to, to sprint 80 metres with someone that close to you and then to slot it really calmly from, from kind of 45 on an angle like that, it's just... Yeah, I think I think to, to understand how difficult yeah. that is, you probably have to have tried to actually done it, do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, just phenomenal stuff. So really good pickup for us. I would have kicked that out on the full. Absolutely. 
I would have missed the ball. I would have been, uh, <laughs> I I been, been tackled in tackled place of about glory. 80 metres before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After about well, three steps. <laughs> I think you're right about having a – got to try it because, uh, I mean, I played very bad amateur football and uh, <laughs> and I couldn't even kick at a slow trot, uh, <laughs> let alone at full speed. And, I mean, these guys just make it look so easy. Yeah, and it's an art form in itself to be able to kick at full speed. Yeah, no Absolutely. doubt. I think he probably slowed down a little bit as the season went on. He he did gather a few injuries um, late in the season, missed a few games and was subbed out a couple of times. Um, but look, if he can stay fit for all of uh, 2015, I think he's still got improvement in him um, in terms of his output. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one who, if we can keep everyone fit and everyone playing well, uh, he's the kind of player, as you say, he's a bit of an out, like outside receiver type player. If we're doing well in our in our midfield and doing well all over the field, he's the kind of player who can really. Like, I, mean, he, I mean, he can he can kind of turn games when uh, when we're struggling, but he can also uh, really cash in on on our good play. So if we can we can play really well and kind of improve our midfield setups and that sort of thing. Um, he's the kind of player who can really cash in on that. So I would expect an even better performance from him this year, statistically yeah. at least anyway. Yep, absolutely. And one of the players that he will be uh, relying on is uh, Ollie Wines, who's still only 19 years old, played 49 games. He was another that played every game this year, 25 games at AFL level for 24 disposals and just under five tackles and five clearances. A game finished seventh in the best and fairest. Just what a massive season for such a young man. Um, obviously, there was, I guess, in some quarters, uh, some queries over him in terms of second-year blues. Would he experience them this year? But no, nah, straight round one, three Baron low votes, 28 disposals, two goals, 11 clearances, bang. Uh, you know, we said it after his first year that he could never improve and he would still have a fantastic AFL career and he's improved and it's still the same thing, isn't it? You know, that, that was a phenomenal season from a, from a 26 year old, let alone a, uh, a little alone a 19, 20 year old. Uh, he's a, he's a genuine gun AFL midfielder, uh, whatever way you look at it. And yeah, uh, you know, hopefully he keeps improving, but if he doesn't, he's still going to be a great Port Adelaide player for a long time. So very, very excited to have a, this guy on our, on our list and uh, yeah, just keep really on. interested to see where we go. He'll keep on improving, mate. Don't worry about that. He's bloody, oh, yeah, uh, I've no doubt. He is a I've champion. No He'll yeah. be one of those players, I think, in a couple more years' time where they'll be looking at his first 150 games and going, oh, my God, he's won so many bloody games. And you know, and he's just, he's yeah. so, he's still so underrated because he doesn't play in Victoria. I mean, the biggest disgrace for me this year was him not even being recognised in that under 22 side um how he could get overlooked is just disgraceful by the people that actually uh, pick it and it's not even because he's a poor player it's just because he was he's probably one of the best junior players in the competition and for him to be overlooked is just shameful i think what's important to remember also is that he's still got the lowest time on ground of any player that wasn't a sub this year um in our team so he's still got a lot of uh, natural improvement in terms of getting his tank up um, I know Burgess uh, rates him as one of the, the most impressive on the track, but obviously if he can get that uh, time on ground from sort of 76%, which he's at now, uh, to heading up towards that sort of 81, 82 mark, you know, he's just still got a lot of natural improvement in him in terms of yeah. his output, which yeah. is bloody scary. That's right. Even if he doesn't actually improve in his ability at all, he's, he's already going to get, you know, go up to probably like a 27, 28 uh, disposal average, which is elite. Um, it's it's just ridiculous uh, how good he is being so young. Uh, he's you know as good as if not better than Judd and Selwood were at the same level point in their careers, which is you know massive massive to say. So really looking forward to seeing how he goes uh, over his career. It's gonna be it's you know just good to be alive. <laughs> good to be alive so, doing it. So do you think it's just player management that's reducing his um, time at the moment? You you don't think it maybe is a, a little bit of lack of leg speed or anything like that? It's just Truly, player welfare. I think he was even less. I think the, yeah, I think he was even yeah. less the year before. I think he was only about seventy percent game time. And again, the year before, he was comfortably the lowest average for a player who who hadn't been the sub or or you know not counting sub games. Um, so yeah, clearly we're just guiding him through. But you know, um, you know, at seventy seventy percent of the game time from Ollie Wines is better than one hundred percent of most players in the league. So um, yeah, is that you, Mark uh, Williams. <laughs> Hello, Taco. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, uh, it, it's you know proofs in the pudding this year. It's um, it's just brilliant football from him, and he's only going to play more game time and you know become more clever and get faster and bigger and stronger. Uh, if that's even believable. So, uh, yeah, amazing stuff. I think also what's uh, what's fantastic about Ollie is just like someone else that we're about to talk to uh, talk about. Sorry. Um, is that he really lives in the moment in those big games. I mean, last year, his best couple of games were, were against fantastic opposition, you know, talking about showdowns and, and the elimination and final against Collingwood. He was fantastic. And the same story this year. His, uh, his first two finals against Richmond and Fremantle were just incredible. For a, a 19-year-old to be best on ground in a pressure final, an away final against Fremantle, um, that's pretty special. Absolutely. Big body scores. Yeah, well... That's that's exactly right. You know, apart from uh, Fremantle, do have a pretty old, uh, experienced midfield um, and some really good players in there. Um, some of the best mids in the AFL. So for him to stand up and be, you know, head and shoulders above anyone on the ground, I thought, uh, especially in the midfield for that game, uh, just amazing to see. And you know, you, you can see it's going to continue. He just just has the right kind of attitude as he goes into games. Absolutely. Next on the list, um, as we just mentioned, Chatty Wingard, 21 years old, 67 games. Um, missed just the one game this year, played 24 AFL games, 16 disposals, four marks, three inside 50s, um, and kicked 43 goals for the year, ninth in the best and fairest. Um, a lot of people were, were fairly critical of him, I think a, a little bit unfairly throughout the year, uh, but his best games were incredible. Have you got stats handy, Mac? I do, yep. How do, what's the difference in his stats this year to last year? I think... The difference was the fact that he was playing closer to goal this year. So his disposals mm. were down. He was averaging 21 disposals a game last year, 16 this year. Um, he averaged more tackles this year, obviously more inside 50s last year. Um, so I think he was playing a lot closer to goal. It was almost like he swapped roles with a couple of players throughout yeah. the year and was almost playing as a as a small full forward, especially late in the season. Um, I still don't think he was fit throughout that second half of the year where he really lost his pace, he lost his turning circle, lost his agility and lost his depth in his kicking as well. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, uh, as we were saying earlier, as we started to struggle towards the end of the season, he was almost playing as a full forward. Uh, and when you, he's playing on you know, a loose man who's you know, half a foot taller than him and a, a defender who's half a foot taller than him, um, it, it just made it really hard for him to compete without uh, taking a you know, mark of the year contender. So um, you know, I think, as you say, playing a bit closer to the goal um, did make him a little, bit, uh, a little bit more difficult for him to have a as kind of consistent impact. But you saw the couple of games where he went into the middle, like I said, the Bulldogs game, he just, you know, went into the middle for yep. one game, 30 touches. Um, so clearly the, the quality is there. I, I tend to agree with you, Maka, that I think um, people were a bit unfairly harsh on him. I think he still was, you know, uh, if you'd, you know, you get rid of his year before and say, you know, this is Chad Wingard this year and we don't we don't remember what happened last year, people would be saying, wow, this kid's amazing. You know what I mean? For, for, the, for the age he is. So, um yeah, I think we've got very high expectations of him because he is such a talented player. Uh, and I think he'll, he'll live up to those expectations over the next few years. Um, no, he was just a bit of a victim of uh, our midfield being, you know, having so much depth and, I guess, Gray moving into the midfield, as you said. Um, he probably swapped a little bit with Gray. Um, and, and you know, we probably needed him more as a forward and needed his kind of genius up there a little bit more. Uh, but I think... I think long term we'll probably play that kind of high half forward, you know, Brent Harvey type with the Jay Sackermanis type role, um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully he settles into that because I think he's that kind of player, that Ackermanis kind of player. Yeah, I mean, some people were calling for him to be dropped, um, sort of late in the season, which was just ridiculous. I had one person on a different forum say that he had a shit year, which I just found absolutely baffling. I mean, he matched his goals from last year; he kicked forty-three goals both years. Um, he actually um, had eight more goal assists this year. So he contributed to more goals this year than he did last year, which I thought was fantastic. And as I said a little bit earlier, you know, his best games were incredible. And they were also in huge games again, you know, against Adelaide, against Geelong, against Frio and against Hawthorne. Um, he was high in our best players. And he had a massive final series again. You know, he was really, really good against, uh, against Richmond um, and one of the match winners against Frio in the semifinal as well. And his last quarter against uh, Hawthorne in the prelim, where he only had three touches to half time or something like that, he almost single handedly won us that game in the last quarter. Yeah, but is that I the think... problem? Is that uh, is that the problem where people had such an expectation on uh, Wingard for this year after his uh, previous season that 
there was quite a few games where he'd go a half where, especially first halves where he was only getting a couple of possessions. And, and so that was, that's leaving a bit of a, an imprint in people's uh, expectations. And, uh, and I saw a couple of comments. There was some, uh, some crap going on. Pick your best 22. And it was like, who would you take Wingard or Bruce? And, you know, a few comments about uh, Wingard disappearing quite often for a fair chunk of the games. And I never actually noticed that before. So I'm with you, Macker, on the, uh, the possible injury front. And I also think it's a bit of a luxury that we can sort of, keep him out of the midfield because he, he's not a massive body. So it's giving him more time for his body to mature and develop, to be able to have more midfield time uh, without, you know, being overexposed and, and getting brutalised, which which can happen. So I think that's only an advantage for us. And like you pointed out, he shows when he goes in there, he can do it. So I'm, ex- I'm expecting big things for uh, Chad in 2015. I also think it's important to remember that I think our two main recruits this year in Matty White and Jared Polek pretty much stole all his midfield minutes um, mm. because I don't think Polek can play as a small forward. Um, Wingard's obviously very, very good as a small forward and Matty White sort of um, switched between that sort of half-forward flank wing, half-back sort of role that Wingard was last year. Yeah. Well, I think as Rick said, uh, with the you know being brutalised, I think teams do definitely target him. I mean, we talk about the glass hit, but he just seems to get hit a lot. You know, he seems to be one of those players where uh, guys almost think if I take this guy out, then that that takes away one of their match winners, and they're they're dead right. You know that's uh you know <laughs> you know it's it's not a, a clean way of playing, but if you know if you're thinking I want to I want to win this game, uh, taking out Chad Wingard is a way of doing it. Um, yeah. I think maybe uh, what we could do when he is struggling a bit is just chuck him in the midfield for a few, even just for a couple of centre bounces, um, and just get get his hands on the footy because I think he's one of those guys where he, once once he starts getting a bit of a feel for the game, he really comes into his own and uh, I think stuck in the forward pocket when maybe it's not going to him or where you know our, you know Schultz has taken Mark so he's just basically there playing as a foil for Schultz. He's probably not getting as involved as he needs to. I, I think. Um, I think maybe if he's had a quiet first quarter, just chuck him in the guts for a little bit for the second quarter and just watch him work himself into the game because he's just such a kind of, you know, you know, individual momentum type player, whereas once he gets going, it can be really difficult to stop. So let's, uh, I guess, try and get him going a little bit earlier. Last player on the list um, to review this season is uh, Aaron Young, the super sub, 21 years old, played 31 games, 14 games at AFL level this year for 11 disposals, two marks a game. Played eight games a sub, 23rd in the best and fairest. Also played six SANFL games for 22 disposals a game. I thought he really impressed this year with his hardness at the bowl and his work um, at the stoppages. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, he's just got this uh, this kind of ability you can't really teach to uh, go in and get a ball at a stoppage, get his arms free and get a handball out. And uh, it's just really, uh, there's not, not anything too fancy about it. He's just, just very naturally raises his arms up and gets handballs out. So... Uh, he, he probably was a lot better in his games as a sub, which is probably not good for him because I'm, I'm sure he wants to play full games. But, uh, geez, when he came on as a sub, he just seemed to be able to go into contests against tired bodies with his his big body and just get the ball out to our guys. So um, I'd like to see him get a lot of games next year. Um, if a lot of those are as a sub, I'll be very happy because I think he's a, he's a player who can really come on and, and change the game as a sub. Um, he's obviously got a good goal sense as well. So he's the kind of player who... Uh, you know, as people are getting tired, can go in there and just you know smash his body in, get the ball out. Uh, and if he does find himself on the end of a, a, a you know a, a run of play and he's shooting for goal, he's pretty good in that sense as well. So uh, probably compared to some of the other players we're using as sub, uh, I think he's probably one of the better ones. So maybe better than yeah. a, than an Andrew Moore or that kind of player. So uh, yeah, I'd I'd love to see him as sub again. Yeah, what he said. I just want more. I just want more from it, Aaron Young. More young. Yeah, I want more young. I want. I want to see him really just take a spot in the side and and just dominate performances where you're not left with a, a question mark whether he really is going to make it or not. Yeah, you know? and he's at the age now where same as uh, Benny Newton, where they should really be stamping their authority on the on the team. Um, obviously players develop at different speeds, but like you said, Macker, he shows enough um, to, to give us the idea, a bit like Andrew Moore, that they've got the ability, um, but we need to see more of it. And uh, that's what I'm hoping for from Young, because otherwise I might be worried that, you know, his Port Adelaide future anyway could be limited if we, uh, we don't see a big uh, step up in performance. 
I think uh, he's not far off, you know. I think he's another one, as you said, like Andrew Moore, where it's just, you know, that extra 10%. If he can just improve that 10%, he'll be a very, very good player. And I think he's a step above SANFL level. His SANFL games were outstanding this year. He's often, you know, either best on or, or close to best on ground at that level. Um, he just needs to find himself at AFL level um, when he's not sub. Um, so when he does get that opportunity in full games where he just needs to do that little bit extra. Yeah, I think I think maybe it's a reading of the play thing. I'm not sure, but it's it's, it's a bit like a. Uh, I mean, I don't. This is a bad example, but uh, it's just a bit of a a Matt Thomas thing where he just doesn't seem to find himself in the right spot a lot of the time when he plays full games. And whether that's a reading of the play thing or just you know, I don't think it's a fitness thing. It just seems to be the kind of thing where where he, he just you know he just doesn't stay involved, uh, which doesn't seem to happen for him at um at when he does come on as a sub for whatever reason. So you know. Obviously, he's still pretty young, and he's still got a lot of improvement in him. So you'd hope. Um, I definitely don't think he's uh he's any danger of being delisted anytime soon. Maybe if he if he really wanted to be traded, he could be. But uh, you know, he's the kind of guy I'd really like to keep around. Um, just as a uh, I guess just as just as as that sub role. You know, he can come in and do a good job. He can play a half forward role. He can win his own ball. You know, so um, he's he's not a complete player, but he's definitely got enough kind of uh, strength for his bow that. He can be a really valuable player for us, so I just hope he continues to improve. That's all the players. That's all the players. When's the draft? Done. What a season. The season we had to have. The season we had to have. That's just about the most enjoyable year of footy I've ever seen for Port Adelaide, I reckon. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. uh, Even though we didn't get the the total glory in the end, um, just so many memories that I'll I'll hold close to my heart for a long time. Yeah, Yeah, just just going every, every... Every week and knowing that we're going to play exciting footy and we're going to we can beat anyone in our day and it's just going to be a really good experience at the Oval. And I think the Oval was a big part of it. It was a, a fantastic place to go watch the footy all year. Um, so you just hope we can kick on. You know, uh, you, all the signs are there that we will, but you know, you, you never know until it happens. So you just just keep your fingers crossed that we can kick on and and go a couple of steps further next year. Yep. Good call. Mm. All right, boys. Well, well, thanks for coming on again, mate. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. So, Absolute pleasure. Always happy to be on. How many more we got, Macca? Oh, look, we'll uh, we'll keep on going, I think, for a little while oh. yet. Oh. Uh, we obviously got the draft coming up. Uh, we'll do a, a draft preview, a draft review. Um, and uh, I think Andre threw us under the bus uh, on the forum <laughs> and, and said we should do a bit of a preview of every opposition team as well. So it looks like we'll be pretty busy, mate. Yeah, I've cancelled Christmas. I've told the wife. <laughs> I said to the wife, mate, you go with the family to the holiday home. I've, I've got to stay home and review footage for Andre. So uh, <laughs> I'll have a bit of quiet time. And uh, I've got to go to the Gold Coast next week. So I'll take the tapes up there and, uh, and the editing machine and I'll, I'll have a bit of a look as well. While maybe, I'm up uh, here. maybe Andre could do a, a podcast review podcast where he can discuss how he thinks you guys are going and what you should be talking about. I'd be actually be happy to be <laughs> a part of that one as well. If he, if, he, if he does want a bit of help setting that up, I'd be, be happy to help him with that one. Nah, <laughs> Absolutely. Macca and I don't respond well to criticism. So it's like <laughs> our own cardboard media watch. <laughs> That's it. Especially as we're moderators, mate. Oh, yeah. Van Hammer going. oh, it'll be it'll be very positive reviews, or you know, thinly veiled, thinly veiled positive reviews. That's it. That's and it. thanks for, all right, boys. Thanks, thanks for thanks to uh, Peter, who uh, made that lovely comment on my on my blog this week, complimenting our podcast and and uh, and my views and uh, and reading the blog. So the checks in the mail, Peter. I'll I'll get that out to you shortly. <laughs> is that Peter Pittard by any chance? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I won't even try pronouncing his last name. It was mysterious or something like that. Very good. But he had legs and he's not in jail. That's <laughs> very random comment, but there you go. All right. <laughs> Until next time, boys. Come right. the power. Go the power. Go the power. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Play it simple. Good attack from Galapati Carlo. He left his man. He took them on. He gets the lines. Oh, baby! The finest of lines.